0: Thanks for tuning in to Let Fear Bounce. What are we gonna be doing here? We're gonna be tossing out nuggets of hope. And Who the heck am I? My name is Kim Langling and I will be your host and I am so glad that you're joining me today. So sit back, relax, grab that cup of coffee and let's get this show started. Have you ever thought about what will happen to your pet should you no longer be able to care for them or if you pass away life pet care is the world's first pet care administration company and they provide do-it-yourself pet estate will kits now these are legal document folks they are considered an amendment or a codicil that you add directly to your personal will you can access this by visiting kimlanglingauthor.com scroll down until you see life pet care click on that link and you will get 33% off of that do-it-yourself pet estate will kit. Now folks it's just $29.99 but if you click that link you will get 33% off. Let's make sure that our furry loved ones are taken care of if for whatever reason we are no longer able to care for them. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host, and I am so happy that you are spending just a small part of your day with myself and my special guest today, Amanda Hess. Now, she's known as the Neurodivergent CEO. She helps women who see what they see as negative aspects of themselves, of their person. She helps them see those negative, quote, unquote, negative things as their superpower. She helps people who are hard on themselves, to put it quite simply. She has extensive experience in coaching and mentoring, and that has enabled her to help countless women overcome many, many negative thoughts about themselves and their lives. And I'm going to keep it very brief and just like that, because we're going to dive into what she does. Amanda, welcome to Let Fear Bounce.
1: Hi, Cam. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. And can I just say, I love the name of your podcast. It's amazing.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, there's a whole story behind that.
1: <laughs> I bet there is. I, <laughs> I can't wait, wait to hear that it. Some other
0: time, but yet, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I actually like it too. I, it draws people's attention because everybody, and I'm sure in your line of work, you've seen it. Uh, everybody has some sort of fear or thing that they are, that's blocking them or that they need to, you know, shoved to the side or work over or work through. And a lot of that stuff, you know, fear can encompass many things. It doesn't have to, you know, it could, you know, fear of driving, fear of being alone, fear of loss, fear of grief. You know, there's fear of everything. So we all deal with it. We all live with it because we're all living. So it's just like in your line of work, we were talking off mic. If you're living, you have stuff happen, You just have stuff happen and sometimes it lands on you and it sticks and that's where you come in and you help folks see that the stickiness doesn't really have to be ugly and it doesn't have to stay.
1: Yeah, so true. Love that. That's such a great um, picture of what that can look like. It's like goopy slime on you.
0: Who needs that? (laughs) So tell us how you help people get goopy slime off of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I think that what I've really seen, and I've helped a lot of women um, over the three years that I've been in business doing coaching. And I think more than anything is most of us identify as having something wrong with us and We lead with that so often, you know, especially if you have a diagnosis, I find that that's when it becomes very evident. You know, somebody will come to me and say, I have PTSD, like that's their identity, right? Um, Or I have BPD, or I have depression, or I'm anxious, or whatever it is, right? And it's almost I think sometimes people will say it's like an excuse. I don't even think it's that though. I think it's more like, I'm just going to preface why I'm not good enough. And this is why.
0: Have you found, and that's very profound by the way, because I don't, I think a lot of people, especially women feel that way. They just don't ever voice it. Mm -hmm. And you said, we all think that we have something wrong with us. And I've found that to be so true. And with myself as well. And you also said, we preface it with, well, yeah, but I have, or yeah, but this, Mm -hmm. you got to take that, but out of there. Yeah. yeah, But, you know, so I, I love what you do share a little bit about how you, how you go about. So if someone, okay, I'll use myself in this example. And this, if if I was coming to you for, you know, Hey, I I need just a little bit, a little bit of direction, you know, Mm -hmm. and I came to you and said, yeah, but I have PTSD. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, like you said, it defines. Like you. it's You're the new- it's the reason, right? Like it's the reason, but it's not. So, explain to folks, you know, the listeners, how you would address that. Someone come up, you know, you know, yeah, but I have OCD. Yeah, I I I I live with PTSD.
1: I think the first thing is I want to understand what that means, right, for you, because I find that a lot of these diagnoses and disorders are. <laughs> They they cover a vast amount of things. I mean, almost everybody I've ever met could actually be diagnosed with a lot of these things, right? Yes. So- I want to know, what does that mean for you? I mean, so when you say to me, like, if you were to come to me, Kim, and say, I suffer from PTSD, I want to know how you feel this is impacting your life. You know, how is it getting in your way? What are the things that are happening for you on a day-to-day basis or patterns that you've noticed that stop you from having the things that you want and the things that we really want, right? We want to feel like we have a purpose. We wanna feel loved. We wanna feel like our life has meaning. Um, We wanna ensure that we have people around us who we love and they love us completely. And when we don't have those things, it's very, very normal for our brain to go into problem-solving mode. That's just how everybody's brain works. And so it's constantly looking for the problem, the negative, the issue. And of course, like once it gets set on that path, it's very, very efficient. Our brains are amazing. However, we want to be really careful of the job that we give our brain. So too often the job that we give our brain when we've been diagnosed with a psychological illness or disorder or whatever it might be for you is that we don't want to give it the job of finding all the things wrong with us because our thoughts really create our reality right? What we think about ourselves and our life creates what's real for us and creates an emotional experience. And so, you know, we were talking even earlier um, about fear and, you know, I love Tony Robbins um, definition of fear, which is F everything and run. Right. And I think that that's such a great like analogy really, because I think about when I use, when I go mountain biking, so I mountain bike with my family, we live in British Columbia and Canada my kids want a mountain bike. I was like, Oh, biking. I like to bike mountain biking should be fun. Just so you know, it's terrifying. And so it's not just riding a bike. It's riding a bike on this really skinny trail where if you go off the trail, you're going to fall to your death. And so (laughs) I like, I'm so scared when I do it. And no matter what I do, the first couple runs, I have a full on bodily fear response. And it is, you know, adrenaline just starts getting pumped into my body. My heart rate is going. I'm in a full-on freeze response when I need to be moving my arms. And I think that that happens to people in their day-to-day life all the time. And what happens is we get so used to living in that stress response and that fear response that that becomes our reality. And so I'm always just very curious about How is this showing up for you? And then how do you take care of yourself when it happens?
0: Like how you said, what, you know, you, your brain, your neuro pathways Mm -hmm. to be exact, you've trained them very well, you know, for that fight or flight thing, you Mm -hmm. know, and if you, like you'd said, if you live with that every day and one thing earlier, you'd also said, you said, suffer from PTSD. I have literally never, ever, I, and I have PTSD. I've never said I suffer. I live with it. There's a big difference in how you frame things for your own self. So for me, I say I live with it because it is now a part of me because of past experience. Mm -hmm. I can't change past experience, Mm -hmm. but I can change how I view it and how I think about it. And I love that that's what you're helping others to do is how you're helping them to view it as not that negative it doesn't have to be the yeah. experience may have been negative but how you live with it does not have to continue to be negative negative. and you had mentioned earlier uh you you can you want to show them that that's actually that it can be part of their superpower and i love that you use the word superpower because there's so much strength in living with something that you look as a negative there's tremendous strength in that
1: Yeah, tremendous I, strength in that. I agree. You know, it's so funny back when I was 19, I got a tattoo as you do in the nineties and, uh, I, it's a yin yang inside of a sun and I randomly picked it. It was just something I wanted to get a tattoo. I didn't even really care what it was, which is like permanent on your body. It's hilarious. The (laughs) only good thing about that. Well, there's lots. I mean, it really wasn't a problem, but the tattoo artist who was this scary biker dude, I wanted to put it on like my, my tummy just beside my hip. And he's like, "Uh, no, he's like, I never put tattoos there for women. And he's like, you're going to have babies and it's going to be all distorted. It's going to look terrible. He's like, put it somewhere else. So I put it on my hip and I'm so glad he did that because it's true. It would have looked awful. Um, But my point about it is that I didn't know what I didn't know back then. And what I see now is I love the analogy of the yin yang, right? The yin and the yang, the positive and the negative, how both have to exist together, how there's beauty in both, how ultimately, yes, there are things that happen in our life that change how we process the world. And there are terrible things that we go through, awful, heart-wrenching, awful things. But yes, you're going to pull that with you from the standpoint of it's going to continuously impact you for the rest of your life. It's never going to go away, ever. But that doesn't mean that you can't grow around it, you know? And it doesn't mean that how that changes you can't be actually really okay. And in fact, potentially what makes you, you, because it actually does make you, you. So, you know, exactly.
0: exactly. I completely agree. 100%. And also I'm going to say this because it's prefacing my, my question for you. I have found that those who have been through some very, very difficult things, and that's just putting it in very general terms. hmm are the most sensitive, empathetic, giving, caring people that I know.
1: Yeah,
0: And had that portion of their life not happened, they wouldn't be who they are today. True. And I see that I've had that mentioned of myself. Had I not been on the path, whether I wanted to be on that path or not, (laughs) I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today at all. None of it, none of the writing, the podcasting I'm on, I have a radio show as well. Wouldn't be doing any of that, tossing out nuggets of hope out into the world, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're doing your business for the last several years. You said the last three years, what brought you to the point that you said, this is what I need to do.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And I'm going to try and keep it as short as I can. (laughs) I want to hear my whole life story i've been for 47 <laughs> years I'll we'll be here a while um you know for me i think that when i grew up i had a fairly explosive household that i grew up in um and both my parents like are beautiful people while my mom's passed away but i, I mean they did so much better than their parents did to them right but nonetheless there were things that went on that were not maybe the norm, maybe not the safest, maybe not the best. And I really struggled with finding sort of my own identity. I was such a people pleaser because of living in that environment. Right. Um, so the way that I created safety was by making sure everybody else was happy with me. So when I was in school, I was really severely bullied. Um, and it was, definitely impactful, like physically and emotionally bullied. And so when I graduated from high school, I had found ways to fit in that involved a lot of drinking. (laughs) So that's how I coped. And that's how I made friends. And that's how I got to a place where I could be accepted, right? In a way that felt safe and that worked for me until it didn't you know i i got married and and i had a pretty abusive relationship before i found my current husband um just a lot of abuse and and hard things and just an inability to feel really connected and safe within myself and you know i had my first baby it was really rough then i had my second baby i was diagnosed with postpartum depression because i was experiencing This blinding rage that I didn't know what to do with. Like I could not cope and went on antidepressants. You know, ultimately they numbed me out, but that was almost worse. I kind of felt half dead. And Switched antidepressants because my GP said that they weren't working. If that's how I was feeling, it was worse. Um, talked to a really good friend of mine who has, you know, always had depression and always had meds. And so she said I should see a psychiatrist. So I did. Saw this psychiatrist who saw me for 30 minutes and diagnosed me with a personality disorder. And in that moment, it was both freeing and I just remember the heartbreak of receiving that diagnosis. Like, oh my God, it's true. There really is something completely messed up about me. And I'm always going to be like this. And it's an incurable disorder. And the one good thing is it pulled me off the antidepressant because that was definitely not helping. Um, went into therapy, did group therapy, did one-on-one therapy, did dialectical behavior therapy. I did all the therapy. Um, It didn't really make a huge difference for me. I had an awareness, but I had no real opportunity or understanding of how to really use those tools in a way that really impacted my life. And also, being in group therapy, there were many people in that group therapy that had the same disorder as me that were homeless, that couldn't function in society at all. And that's not my experience, right? I was married, I had kids. So, after all of that, um, my mom, she got sick. She had a brain tumor and she passed away after 18 months. I was at her bedside when she passed away. I started experiencing panic attacks after that. Like everything was just, I just think about like, I I don't know. I really visualize these things. And I just think everything had sharp edges inside of me. Everything was so sharp and pointy and hard. And I would drink to try and get away from it. And then I would be beat the crap out of myself for drinking. And it just like was this horrible, endless cycle. And then I started really fighting with my husband, like just losing it on him. And I knew it was me. I knew it was me. And I hired a marriage coach and this marriage coach was the very first person who validated me totally and made me feel like it was totally acceptable to be myself. And that there was literally nothing wrong with me and that none of this was a problem that couldn't be solved and that we could focus on these other things and we could work on taking, you know, radical responsibility for myself, for the things that are going on in my life really change my thinking, really learn how to sit with emotion, really learn how to, you know, take care of my nervous system. And it changed my life in every way possible. I just couldn't believe how different my life was. So I had decided that I wanted to help other women do that, decided to become certified as a life coach. Then the pandemic hit, <laughs> yeah. and it was kind of perfect for me. It was like all in the perfect timing because I just started putting my message out there like, hey, we can go online. I can help you with this. And that is really how I started my business. And I've never looked back. You know, I've helped so many women have coached with me and come back to me and said, You changed my life. And I always say to them, You changed your life. But I am so happy that I could help you find the path. So that's as short a way as I can say
0: it. You had mentioned that you went to, you saw a therapist and after 30 minutes, he gave you a diagnosis of what was it again?
1: Borderline personality disorder.
0: Borderline personality disorder. Did you ever get a second opinion on that?
1: I didn't. You know, I could have. I'm just curious. Yeah, I think I could have. I will tell you this. I don't identify with it anymore. And I think it's a dangerous diagnosis because you can get really pigeonholed. And I have women that have come to me in the past and told me they want to be diagnosed with this because you want a reason for why you are the way you are. But the reality is, is you're the way you are because of the things that have happened. And it's also not a problem. The things like the rage I experienced, the, the disassociation that sometimes would go on, the inability to function, those were symptoms. Like they're the symptoms. We can't just treat the symptoms. But also like, if you're told this is an incurable illness, well then what do you do, right? And I'm like, or you don't have a disorder. I just actually kind of don't believe in disorders.
0: I never used the word. Yeah. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I always say post-traumatic stress. Yeah. That's just my personal opinion. It's just my personal opinion and my preference. I don't use the word disorder. I was just curious um, because borderline personality disorder, for most folks that would hear that, they'd be like, oh, Mm -hmm. she must be just a little crazy.
1: And listen, I am <laughs> well, and who isn't,
0: who isn't seriously, who right? isn't? there is not a single person on this planet that is perfect or normal. No, exactly. It's all perception. It's all
1: perception. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of like what we talked about before is, and this was off mic, but I think it's worthwhile talking about one thing that I help with my clients or I help my clients with all of the time is, is having your own back. And I think that that sounds real pretty, okay? I think lots of people talk about it and say, yeah, you gotta have your own back and self-love is great. But listen, it's actually really, really hard. And learning the skill of having your own back, even if nobody else agrees with you, it's something that will change your life forever. And it will be something that will help you for the rest of your life. And I think a lot of women will say to me, oh my gosh, isn't that narcissistic, right? Because then it's like the whole narcissism disorder because there's a disorder for everything. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) maybe, but if it improves your life and it improves your experience of you, do you think you act better or worse? And you always act better, right? Like if you're well cared for, if you take exceptional care of yourself, if you are there for yourself when things are hard, And don't beat the crap out of yourself and just really find ways to help yourself through it. You're going to do better because you're going to feel better.
0: Agreed. And there's nothing narcissistic about that.
1: Mm -mm. There's
0: nothing narcissistic about taking care of yourself. And as women, I have found, because, you know, I am one, (laughs) I have found that for so much of your life especially you know if you get married um, you're taking care of your husband house kids if you have kids pets if you have pets you might even working a full-time job so you got to take care of things at work and then you come home and you take care of everything else you're constantly taking care of others and I think most women won't ever admit to it especially certain generations mm-hmm. I think it's also a generational thing I had no idea what I was supposed to, I was what do I do what I have all this free time what I don't know what to do. And that's how my brain was going. All the stuttering. I, uh, uh, I don't know what, then I, you know, someone said, well, Kim, what did you do before? I went, I don't remember. Yeah. And I had to find out who Kim was again. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole nother season of my life though, as well. I was older, hopefully wiser. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I gained some wisdom along the way, but you know, you have to, you have to find out we're all in seasons. We're all in different seasons and each season brings with it something different and something new. I am choosing for myself. I'm choosing to embrace the new season, the season that I'm in now. And I always say I'm in a certain season of my life, (laughs) but I'm, I want to embrace it because I can look back at everything that I did when I was younger and when I was married and my kiddos were small and how it's all kind of formed who i am today but now i have the time to actually be kim and jump into all the stuff that i always thought wouldn't that be neat if i could do that wouldn't it be neat if i tried that women like i was saying earlier women have this tendency to put themselves down look at themselves negatively or as not enough and you had said something uh a few minutes ago and i can't remember the exact words But my first thought was someone had said to me a while back, you've been through so much and you still carry a lot of it with you. Mm -hmm. And you're turning that around and you're doing awesome and you're just full of strength and full of power. You have to remember on those bad days to tell yourself your success rate for getting through shit is 100%. Yeah. Because you're standing right there. Yeah. So when I have a poopy day, Or if you wake up in one of those moods, you're just like, oh, you know, I look myself in the mirror and say, Kim, you woke up. That means you still you still have 100% success rate of getting through the tough stuff, because here you are.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that. And you know, the thing I would say too, that I loved what you shared as being in seasons. I do think we have seasons. So one of the things that I share with my clients and a lot of people teach is that life is really 50, 50, it's 50% positive, 50% negative, And you can pretty much expect that for the rest of your life. So we want to be understanding of the fact that we're not always feeling positive and that's not necessarily an issue. Like we do actually want to feel negative about certain things. And so like, there are seasons of your life that are going to be more negative they just are you know when my mom was sick and then she passed away negative i i don't know that i would ever want to make that positive right and so yes sometimes it's like i'm just going to get through today right. and it's coming back to your body it's grounding yourself it's learning the tools right to be able to take care of yourself during those hard moments and Yes, you can get through it. And on those hard days, it's like, sometimes just going to bed is all the treatment you need. Just like go to bed and wake up tomorrow and it'll feel better. (laughs) Right. You know, I've said to people, you know,
0: if, if all you did today was get up and maybe you, the only thing you accomplished was getting a shower. That's awesome. Mm
1: -hmm. That's a
0: win. Go you, you know, yeah. Everybody has those days. Everybody, like you said, you know, going through, um, your mom's illness and her passing away, that is really, really hard, really hard. And you had mentioned, you know, you just, you got through it day by day. And if that's all you can do, then that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I wow. think everybody, too many people and, there, and myself included, I beat myself up for it. I didn't, I didn't get enough done today. Oh my gosh. I did nothing. I got nothing accomplished. And then I have to remind myself, well, no, yeah, Kim, you did. You, you walked the dog twice for half an hour. So you, you were outside for an hour walking, you got a shower, you made dinner, you didn't do nothing.
1: Well, I also think that we have this very like interesting obsession with productivity, especially in North America. Yes, I agree. (laughs) We're obsessed about being productive and, you know, we fill our life with busyness and it's, it's worth noting if your life is really busy and you are not ever taking any downtime. It's worth noticing and asking yourself why not. Right. Because in the long run, it's going to bring you down.
0: You can only go at that pace for so long.
1: Well, it's connecting you to you, you know, like even you said earlier, you felt like you really lost, like you lost yourself when your kids moved out and went to college. And I think that's really common. I think people notice this in lots of different times of their life, you know, and one of the things that I coach on all the time is experiencing your senses, using your senses to ground yourself in your experience of your day. It's vital and go out in nature and get your heart rate up. And, you know, really think about what would be nourishing for my body today? What would be nourishing for my soul? What do I need today? Asking yourself quality questions like that, especially if you are having a hard time, if you have lost yourself or you're experiencing a lot of anxiety or you're noticing this sort of like freak out, shut down, stress response going on all the time, it's a perfect place to start.
0: I agree. And I love how you mentioned get out in nature and use your senses. I, I use that so regularly, even in my writing, Mm -hmm. that's how I write is by using all my senses. Yeah. So you, you, you're falling into it and you're very, very aware. So it's like, what do I see? And you know, if I have uh, if I can feel anxiety creeping up and I, if, and I catch it, I'll be like, all right, Kim. All right, Kim, what do you see? What do you see? What color is it? What's it look like? Can you hear it? Does it make any noise? Can you smell it? Can you touch it? What's it feel like? Is it something you can taste? So I use all it, like you'd said, grounded it, it brings me back. And I've talked to many others that it it does the same for them. But I also found over the years, I use that in my writing, all my senses in the writing. So there's so there's so much there's so much positive in being being able to pinpoint all of those things at that one given moment, especially when you're outdoors. To me, outdoors, that's where I breathe. So I say all the time. That is where I breathe. I'm outside as much as I can be with my dog. And that's where I breathe. And it's so peaceful. Not, not everybody has that nature around them. You know, not not everybody has access to it. But True. everybody has access to a spot.
1: Yeah. Like really thinking about, you know, are you a water person? Are you a forest person? Like, And then I think that we are so quick to shut ourselves down. Like, I don't have anything like that near me versus be curious, get creative. You know, if you love water, do you love swimming? Is there an indoor pool? If you don't love swimming and you just like to be by water, is there a park with a pond? I mean, it really doesn't in I know in my hometown where I was from, we had this indoor garden um that was incredible, so humid and beautiful and there are little benches in there, you know, really just Figuring out for you, what is one thing I could try? And I think that's the other part, right? Is try it out. Right. Because you don't know until you try it.
0: Oh, I agree. Exactly.
1: What about a little water feature? Heck,
0: you can make one yourself with one of those little pumps and stuff. So you can hear the, the, you know, like the sound of a burbling brook. You know what I mean? Right, Burbling, babbling. uh, I don't know whatever word it is. A burbling, (laughs) babbling brook. (laughs)
1: Yes. I mean, right. It's just when you start recognizing that there's no destination to get to, and and I have to remind myself of this too, right? Because it's very human. Like I just like to humanize and normalize this drive to do more because it's so common. It's first of all, how our brains work. It's second of all, how society works. But if you remember, there's no magical destination where you are going to feel better, then you can start really looking at your day to day and deciding I'm going to make my day to day experience more involved. You know, I'm going to be more intentional about the experiences that I'm having. And I'm not going to give that away to my day, which like, honestly, can just be a gong show without even you doing anything. <laughs> right. Like <laughs>
0: A gong show.
1: I love that. (laughs) Awesome analogy right
0: there. Awesome analogy. So you have a podcast. Share, share briefly about your podcast.
1: Yeah. So my podcast is called the Neurodivergent CEO. It's had a few names over the years. I just recently changed the name to the Neurodivergent CEO. Before that it was how to love yourself no matter what. And then a few names in between, but you know, the message stays consistent. Um, When I started my podcast, I had decided that I wanted to share my message and I wanted to make it easy. So as a rule, I don't script it. I just go on and talk. There are a few interviews on there, not a lot though. Uh, But I do share about all of these things that we've talked about on there. So if it's something that one of your listeners finds really intriguing, I really invite you to come check it out. Um, I think, you know, We need to hear things a million different ways to be able to really implement it. So, any place where you can find somebody that you like listening to, like if you like the tone of my voice, if you don't, (laughs) don't (laughs) listen to my podcast. You'll hate it. (laughs) Well, no, because it's
0: you're not for everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not for everyone, but there are those people out there who are. Yeah, You know, they are waiting for that message and it very well could be, it's your message from you personally that lands on them and makes them start thinking and they get, they start to turn things around. You know, it's to me, it's all, it all plays out the way it's supposed to.
1: Yeah. What a beautiful yeah. thought to think on purpose too. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: well, hey, we're going to get ready to wrap this up. This has been truly fascinating. A lot of, a lot of A lot of good stuff and a lot of stuff to chew on uh, for myself. And hopefully for you listeners out there, hope you had a few nuggets that were tossed your way that you can chew on, but man, I'm going to ask you to toss one more nugget out there. And that is a nugget of hope. So if you could please share a nugget of hope that our listeners can tuck away in their pocket and carry with them for the rest of the day.
1: Yeah, I love that. So I would say the biggest nugget I can give is that there's nothing broken about you. You are not broken. You are complex, human, had a whole bunch of things happen in your life and where you can focus instead of on what's wrong with me is what do I want to create? And if you do that, your life will change for the better. I promise.
0: That is an awesome nugget. Awesome nugget. You are not broken folks. And, you know, I always like to say the world's a better place because you're in it. -hmm. And you got to remember that too. Remind yourself of that when you're looking in the mirror in the morning. You're not broken, and the world actually is a better place because you're in it. So go rock your bad selves. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Love it.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for being my guest today, Amanda. This has been a true pleasure and a true blessing. And I hope that everybody out there listening got just as much from this conversation as I did. Amanda, I'd love to have you back on in a few months, see what's happening in your world.
1: I would love that. Thank you so much for having me on, Kim. This has been such a fun conversation.
0: Well, thank you again for being my guest. It's been a true pleasure. And everybody out there listening, thank you so much once again for spending just a small part of your day with myself and Amanda. Everybody out there, be well, stay well, and be blessed. That wraps up another episode of Let Fear Bounce, folks. Thanks so much for spending a small part of your day with myself and my special guests. I am blessed week by week by the people that I have on my show. I'm also blessed by you for tuning in and listening. And if you want to learn a little bit more about me, you can go to my website at Kim and check out everything else I'm doing. I like to keep myself busy. And until next week, folks, everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. And don't forget, you are amazing. Thank you.